0: Our scripture reading for this morning is found in John's gospel, chapter 5, and it's the first 13 verses. You can follow along on your tablet, a phone, a book, or simply listen as I read the verses out loud. And I invite you to join with me by standing in reverence and respect to God and his word as we hear these words from the book that we love. sometime later jesus went up to jerusalem for one of the jewish festivals now there is in jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool which in aramaic is called bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind the lame the paralyzed one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years and when jesus saw him lying there And learned he had been in this condition for a long time he asked him do you want to get well sir the invalid replied i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while i am trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me then jesus said to him get up pick up your mat and walk and at once the man was cured picked up his mat and walked The day on which this took place was a sabbath and so the jewish leader said to the man who had been healed it is a sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat but he replied the man who made me well said to me pick up your mat and walk and so they asked him who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk the man who was healed had no idea who it was for jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there god's very word thanks be to god and you may be seated You're in a room, smaller than this, maybe there's 25 people there. Um, It's one of your first times there in that room, so you really don't know anyone. And you're just waiting, you've been in that situation. And you notice that there's a young woman kind of sitting alone, and she's crying rather silently. Not out loud, but you can tell The impact of the moment is getting to her. What do you do? How would you respond? Now, what if you picture yourself in that situation, but you're in the holding tank, waiting to be called to go into your chemo room? In the tank, you can be there for a couple of reasons. You can be there waiting for them to call you in. Or you can be waiting for them to do blood work because they have to do blood work before the chemo so that they make sure everything is right, and then they mix this cocktail of poison that they're going to seep into your body. If you're like someone I know, they go over to that young woman who's caught up in the reality of our humanness and just put an arm around them. Can you picture yourself there? Now switch course. You're in another place. And there's this person in your life who just rubs you wrong because though it appears everything is well in their life, they always seem to be grumpy, grouchy. Nothing is right. All is wrong. Your level of sympathy and your level of care is not quite as high for them as it would be in the first situation. And This is where the difference is between us and Jesus, right? Jesus' level of care and sympathy and love is not determined based on personality or situation. Even in our less than stellar days, his love never fails. His care is always there and never wanes and never slows and never stops we see that here in this third miraculous sign that John records in his gospel out of the incredible compassion of the heart of Jesus he comes to give life to someone who had none we know that sin has so ruined the human heart that we are natural grumblers ungrateful creatures outside of god's grace and so we see this in this story not so much for the grumbler who is there but for jesus who walks on by him the gospel of john John has one big idea in his Gospel. The big idea is this. The Trinity who created the first creation and brought the first creation into being, that creation has been marred by the sin of humanity. Here comes Jesus, and he is bringing a second creation called the Kingdom of God. And everything that was marred and destroyed and ruined by humanity in the first creation is now redeemed and restored and brought to life by Jesus in the second creation, in the kingdom of God. He is the one who is restoring and redeeming and making what is right from what humanity made wrong. And so John, as he's describing this of Jesus coming in the second creation, bringing with him the kingdom of God, uses these miracles, seven of them, in his Gospel. But he doesn't call them miracles. The other Gospel writer calls them miracles. It's a word, a Greek word would be dunamis, from where we get the word dynamite. It's a word of power and strength. But John doesn't use this word he uses a different word he uses the word sign the word sign which is like a pointer when Jesus comes to do a miracle it's not just looking at the miracle itself Jesus uses the miracle to point to something greater than the miracle itself that pointer is the coming of Jesus And bringing the kingdom of god and the restoration of humanity and so when we look at the miracles in john's gospel he calls them all signs because they point to something bigger and better and more profound than the miracle itself to jesus and why he came to earth So that's a bit of an overview again of the gospel of john so let's look a bit at chapter five i'm going backwards here we go john notes that this sign took place around one of the three great jewish feasts he didn't have to put that in there but he put that in there why did he put that in there He put that in there to get the reader thinking, okay, so this is bringing my mind back to the time when the feasts were instituted, which is when Israel was in the wilderness. Okay, so in a time in which Israel was starting to celebrate this feast in the wilderness, that's when this sign took place. He draws us in the beginning of this story to the 40 years When israel was wandering in the wilderness so we're going to take that we're going to stick it in our pocket we're going to pull that out in a little bit and the place where this took where this happened in jerusalem is called by the pool of bethesda and there's a footnote in our bibles at least in most of our bibles the verse says that when the waters were stirred the legend surrounded that when the waters were stirred that the first one into the pool would be healed. Archaeological evidence shows that uh, the pool was fed by underground pipes and even by John acknowledging this he's not saying that he believes it but he's talking about the legend that was there with the pool of Bethesda. Because there's no record of anyone being healed being the first time in the pool. But this is where people who had disabilities were placed. They were placed by the pool of Bethesda. It's a picture of the ruins, but the location is quite interesting. The the location is circled up on the, uh, the top in red. And you can see it's real close to the temple area. It's by the Sheep Gate. And what goes through the Sheep Gate? Sheep. That's where they bring the sheep to go into the temple for the sacrifices, right? And you can see the people, they live in the second quarter, they live farther to the west, they live in the upper city, they live in the lower city, they live, they, they shop, they, they do all of life, not by the sheep gate. Because who would want to go in by the sheep gate? Because where there are sheep, there is poop. And who would want to walk through that? Still, who did the city leaders put by the Sheep Gate? People they want out of the way, that they don't want to see. Who would do that? Do we ever put people who are eyesores or or people who might make us uncomfortable, do we ever try to Stick them to the side so that we don't cross their paths, get in their way. It's interesting that the people knew that the place where they could be was by the sheep gate. And the people were there, the needy people, people who fit every kind of needy description. Blind, lame, paralyzed, afflicted, diseased, broken, invalid, all kinds of hurting people, hopeless people suffering people this was their place again who would naturally go by there would we well we know one who made his way there his name is jesus and it reminds us in times of our suffering in times of our brokenness In times when we are feeling alone or pushed to the side who is always walking up to us it's the man and so we get into the story a little bit further the third sign talks about a man who had a malady or who had a weakness or an illness for 38 years a lot can happen to someone in 38 years. Now, if we were a student of the Jewish Bible, we call it the Old Testament, when we would read that he had been there 38 years, we would say, oh, 38. That reminds me of another story. And that story is in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2. I put the verse up here. Thirty-eight years passed from the time we left Kadesh Barnea until we crossed the Zered Valley. By then, the entire generation of fighting men had perished from the camp, as the Lord has sworn to them. So by just using that term, 38 years, it reminds us once again of the time of the wilderness. Oh, let's take that Let's stick it in our pocket. Let's keep it there for a little. Because the story here is about a man who is going downhill. He isn't the nicest to be around. He is a grumbler. He's a complainer. And he responds to Jesus with gruff words. No one ever helps him. No one ever cares for him. And sometimes when we have had people like that and they say that, we say, I wonder why. But this is the one that Jesus was gravitated to. This is the one the spirit directed him to now it could be that he spent time there healing others because we know that jesus spent his time healing hundreds and hundreds but for the sake of john's gospel he's just going to focus in on this one because it's a sign and he's going to this ungrateful grumbling guy And while some step over him, some pass judgment on him, Jesus went out of his way to him. So easy for us to walk by people, to make an excuse why we don't stop. We could say that they're even out of the way, but could it be because of who we are more than because of who they are? A few years ago, I came across uh, this saying by a former welfare mother who is now a church leader in Muskegon, and she shared a bit of her journey in these words. I was hungry, and you formed humanity clubs to discuss my hunger. I was imprisoned, and you went to the chapel to pray for my release. I was naked. And in your mind, you debated the morality of my presence. I was sick, and you knelt and you thanked God for your health. I was homeless, and you preached to me about the shelter of God's love. You seem so holy, so close to God, but I am still so very hungry, lonely, cold, and in pain. And do I matter to you? Jesus came, not just to change situations, but to change us too. And so he asks the question, do you want to be made well? And while in the second sign that we looked at a couple of weeks ago, Jesus was the one who was, if we could say, handing out the rebuff, who was in being, who Responded in a way that might have caught us off guard Here Jesus receives it. He receives the gruff reply of the man Sir the invalid replied. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred I'm trying to get in when someone else goes in front of me Do you want to be healed and the man tells to Jesus duh? What do you think? I've been trying to do that the last 38 years it's like asking a starving person if you want something to eat no one's there to help him no one to take care of her needs but here is Jesus who when he met a Gentile ruler was treated with respect and honor and kindness And now here in the middle of Jerusalem back home with his own people gets treated roughly roughly but that doesn't stop him because we continue to read the Jesus out of his love and compassion as undeserving as we think this guy might be Jesus said to him get up pick up your mat and walk and at once the man was cured he picked up his mat and walked And the man walks away changed physically but it makes us wonder was he changed in any other way we don't get that impression he doesn't stop to even find out what jesus's name is he doesn't offer thanks he doesn't stop to give praise to god for his healing the man just went away in fact he rats jesus out to the pharisees because jesus was healing on the sabbath This is so unlike what we would expect, or what we would hope to read. But this is the story of the third sign. And it says, Jesus walked away. So what does this story mean to us? What's God trying to say to us, especially in the bigger picture of God's kingdom? I'd like to share just a few things in closing. One is to remind ourselves that Jesus loves undeserving people. This story talks about how Jesus looks at people, regardless of their personality or their circumstances, through divine eyes and showers grace upon them. Even though he never received thanks for the healing, and even though the man gave the Pharisees ammunition, Jesus loves undeserving people. And you know who's part of that? I am. We are. We're part of that as well, aren't we? Even though we can try so hard to look like we are so deserving of God's love, oftentimes we treat our sin and our disobedience and our disrespect like a parking ticket we pay it get it taken care of and we move on without realizing the the real depth and the hurt that our sin brings to father god and how it hurts him we need to be reminded that jesus came to offer his flesh and blood as a sacrifice for our sin and then on the third day father god raised him from the dead so anyone who comes to the cross finds forgiveness and life and freedom. Jesus came to us who are so undeserving of his love. So undeserving. He came for undeserving people. Secondly, Jesus calls us to love whoever. We shouldn't think that in the story of John 5, that because of how it turned out, Jesus Jesus should have left this man alone. Wrong choice, Jesus. You should have picked someone else at the pool, someone who was more thankful, someone who responded differently. Nope. Nope. Our application is that the ministry that we do The care that we show, the compassion that we extend to others is not based on a hope of what we get in return or even hoping that somehow we will be acknowledged for what we do because at times we will show love and care and concern and we will reach out as best we know how as being the hands and the feet of Jesus and there will be ungratefulness at the other end but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if service turns out different than we hoped it doesn't mean that it was wrong love remains love goodness remains goodness grace remains grace even if a person snatches it up without saying thanks he calls us to love on whoever then third and lastly Jesus came to change our hearts. This is where we take those things we put in our pocket. and We're going to put them back out again. However, there was a bunch of grumbling people. It would have been those people for 38 years out in the wilderness and john's giving us two big hints that pulls us back to the time of the exodus and somehow somehow jesus his healing is connecting us in this story to what's going on back in the exodus back in the wilderness we have in the story of the torah israel will wandering around the wilderness for 38 years And believe it or not, no matter that Father God brought them out of slavery, gave them a promised land, gave them food called manna, food called quail, Uh, they still grumbled once in a while. How many times do you think they grumbled in the wilderness? That's recorded. Thirteen times it's recorded that they grumbled in the wilderness. Here's one. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? And then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. And I will stand there before you in the rock of Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites grumbled. The point is, even there in the time of the Exodus, when people were ungrateful, And they grumbled. God rescued them. God still had compassion on them. They were an undeserving group. And he rescued them. And then comes Jesus. He came for the grumbling. He came for the undeserving. He came for us. And he came to change us. So that we wouldn't stay the way that we are but to have his life flowing through us because outside of god's grace and outside of god's mercy we are just a bunch of grumbling people and it is our disobedience that has broken our relationship with god but then god steps in god always steps in first and he stepped in to show his great love by sending jesus restore us, to redeem us, and to set us on a journey of being a part of the kingdom of God, to speak about his love and his care and compassion. He created us to be in a love relationship with him and he came to transform us, to turn us into thankful people and God-praising people. So here's the closing. This week I was reminded by this quote by John Maxwell. Where he said, we are educated way beyond our level of obedience. Saying we know a lot more than what we do. So under your chair are two pieces of paper. And there are pens in your row. So here is my question to you. Is there a person in your life that you need to see differently? That you need to see differently. Maybe it's a grumbler. Maybe it's someone who might not be deserving of your love and care. And we are reminded that we are agents of God who come in to bring change and restoration so my encouragement to you is to allow god's spirit to speak to you so that there's someone who comes to your mind and then write that person's name twice one on each sheet of paper maybe the goal is to restore a relationship the, the goal is not in order to be thanked for doing something kind or gracious, but the goal is to show God's love and God's care in a very tangible, practical way, which is to do, to show kindness to someone who uh, might not be showing kindness to us. So write, my encouragement is to write the name twice. Take one and stick it in your pocket. If you want to take one, The other one uh, stick it in one of the baskets that's here in front or in the back and uh, oftentimes a physical act that talks about a inner decision helps give some strength to it helps give some gusto to it Uh, you don't have to do it maybe you just want to put it in your pocket well that's fine But we want to just pause and allow God to speak to us so that if there is someone in our life that we need to show God's care and love to, that we do that. So as I close in prayer, I just invite you to be able to uh, write that name down. Father God, we bless you and we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you as undeserving as we were that you walked by and you stopped and you gave us the call to follow you. How thankful we are that you loved us first and we want to uh, just pause and to express that we want to give to you our love in return. Thank you for your graciousness and your kindness and your goodness. And we pray, Father God, that you would use us to bring your kindness to others. Thank you for inviting us to join with you in this great movement called the Kingdom of God that brings your love and care and justice and goodness to the corners of the world strengthen us we pray as we follow the leading of your holy spirit and we do lift up the needs of our congregation Uh, we acknowledge that there are people in our lives who uh, are in need of a special touch of your grace we lift up uh, jen's dad hugh's dad and we pray father god that You would bring healing and strength that they need and that you would be with their family to bring comfort and grace. We pray for Pam and for Joe and that you would bring uh, health and healing into Pam's life and that you would surround their family with your comfort. We pray for baby Quinlan. We pray, Father God, that you indeed would bring uh, blessing and care and healing to that child that is within Shauna and for Shauna and for others, uh, Annalise and Alyssa and Danielle and Catherine and Kylie. We pray, Father God, for safety for the babies that they carry. We pray for safe deliveries for that child and for mom. We pray, Lord, that you would give patience in the time of waiting. There are other needs that we have as well that we lift before you, and uh, we pray, Father God, that you would hear our prayer, hear our longing. We thank you that you walk by us in our time of need. And like that psalm that we read, of Psalm 13, the times when we wonder, we know that it ends with words of trust and faith, and we pray that those would be our words as well to you.